Blog Talk Radio.
Good morning, good morning, good morning. I apologize for the late start, um, but we are here. This is Cecilia. I thank God for each and every one of you who's taken out time on this 10th day of September to hear um, us speak on Let's Talk. So I'm going to see if Minister Sylvia is available for prayer, um, to pray for us in the program and Minister Margo and uh, my family, Maria, who uh, recently lost her son and they buried him. We just have so much that we need to um, pray for and pray about. And then I'll come back and speak with you. Minister Sylvia, are you available? Yes, ma'am. Father God, we come to you on this morning, God, asking you to Forgive us for every sin of commission, every sin of omission, oh God. God, we ask you to forgive us for everything that we have done that has not given you the glory, given you the honor, or given you the praise, God. Anything and everything that has brought us to the point that you are not seen through the actions of what we're doing through the people that are watching us, oh God. God, we come before you on today asking you to continue to continually raise up, lift up, build up, and restore Minister Margo. God, we ask you to just keep her on the avenue of resurrection as you're building her back up, that she's being resurrected in your spirit, God, in your name, oh God. God, we're asking you to cover, protect, and bring our cousin, Marie Seabury, back to the understanding that your will, your way. God, we may not agree, we may not like, we may not understand, but God, your will, your way. That when you do things, God, is to keep us from suffering any further, Keep us from going into a place of blame or doubt. Even if we do go to that place, God, keep touching our hearts and our minds to work with you to say, God, your will, your way. God, we have so much and so many family members on the table, on the altar, on our hearts. God, we ask you to continue to lift up Blessed and healed, Pastor Servant Troy Thomas. God, we ask, we just ask you to go into each and every one of our homes, each and every one of our hearts, each and every one of our spirits and our minds, God, to do only what you have called us to do and not do what somebody else said we should do, God. It has to be your will, your way. God, if we could just get that in our spirit that you said that some plant, some water, but God should get the increase. God, teach us how to stay on assignment. Teach us how to look forward to you in our lives and our hearts. Teach us how to be on point. Teach us how to be in place. Teach us, oh God that if and when we do get off track, 
We can say, God, forgive me. We can repent. We can ask you, God, to give us a new start. Teach us how to face you. Teach us how to stay focused on you. Teach us how to stay on ministry. Now, to eat, iron, shopping, iron is the ministry you have called forth for us, God, on this program, Let's Talk, this World Wide Web. God, we just ask you to keep us in the place of what you have called us to do. Stay on assignment. All of those that were a part and that's supposed to be part of this ministry, oh God, put it in their heart. Let it stay in their heart. Bring them to the point of, I will do what you told me to do. Concerning Smile 3E, Aaron Shopping Iron. We pray this prayer in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we pray this prayer. Amen. It's back in your hands. Amen. I thank God for the prayer. I thank God for his people. I thank God for him ministering to us through his people. I thank God for letting us know he's given us a way of escape so we don't have to use the deflect game that um, some of our presidents have used, some of our family members have used, some of our so-called friends. But we can come to God. Letting him know, God, we oftentimes pray for people for you to change them, but God, change us. Begin it in us, God. I want to share a quick testimony. I was um, in this area, and the uh, temperature was like 104, 105, and, and it was very, very, very hot. And we were joking around about how, you know, we didn't want to go to hell because it's uh, too hot there. And um, although we were joking around about it, we were serious too. And so I was uh, asking God for quite a while now, God, show me me, show me me. So we were riding, and the sweat was running down my back. previously to getting in the car because we had been walking around. And um, the sun was just so hot, it was it was burning. And so when I thought back to the times when I was in the combat zone, in the war zone where it was hot, and God started reminding me about how when you're hot, sometimes you become irritable. And so when we were getting ready to get in the car, I told him, I said, Uh, the one person said, well, I'm going to tell us how to get there. I said, no, I want you to tell us how to get there, but I still need the GPS. And so they were like, they wouldn't listen to me. And then I just stopped everybody. I said, some people don't know how to listen to me when I say I need something. Some people don't know how to respect me when I say that I need something. Give me my purse, and I'll get it myself. I was very stern with them. And they gave me my purse, and I took the GPS out of it, and I set it up, and I put uh, the destination that we were going to. And then I told the lady, I said, can you please still give me directions? And uh, I have the GPS at the same time. I said, I need both. 
I said, God has showed me me, and I need both. I said, because I don't need to be getting irritated with you, so I start snapping off at you and deflecting with you because I'm hot and I'm um, not taking too well to this heat. I said, but see, when you know yourself, God will give you the interventions and the things that you need to put in place so that you don't tell nobody, shut up, so you don't tell nobody, uh, uh, I don't want to hear what you got to say. You don't tell nobody, uh-huh, uh-huh, and just blow them off while they're trying to talk to you instead of you listening. You don't do things like that. And so once I explained that to them, um, the young lady that I call my sister, she says, sis, it's nothing like knowing yourself. She said, I really appreciate you for doing that. She said, I love you. And everyone in the car started telling me how much they love me. And I said, see, it's not about you all. It's about this heat. It's 104 and 5 degrees out here. I'm too hot. And little things will cause me to snap off. And I can't allow the devil. i say it again. I can't allow the devil. I'll say it one more time. I can't allow the devil to make it look like I ain't saved and make it sound like I ain't saved. I refuse it. I refuse. So before I start the message, because I ain't even in it yet, I need for you to know you need God to show you yourself and stop making excuses for snapping off because that's your testimony that you are snapping off and you're allowing the devil to control you. And so it blessed me. First, they were all looking at me like, it don't take all of that. She's just being extra. And I told them I'll be extra, but please give me what I needed. And once they saw, not only was my uh, tone had changed, we were laughing and talking and having a good time, and they noticed they weren't snapping off at me anymore because now I was cool in the car. And we were going where we wanted to go. And although the lady had given me the wrong address, I was following her directions. But then I said to her, I think you gave me the wrong direction because it keeps trying to make me do a U-turn. Did you hear what I said? A U-turn, where you turn back to your vomit, where you turn back to your old ways. Many of us are turning back to our old ways. We're turning back to our old groups. And we haven't learned to learn ourselves yet. So, yes, God has sent some of us to some of those people, but you are still allowing them to manipulate you and change you so that your behavior is unbecoming to that of a person of God. So let's get into our message now. I know you said I thought you was already there. No, we're getting into it right now. So, you know, all of the apostles, that Jesus had to walk with him, the 12, had their own personality. Let's talk about Peter. Some of us have Peters in our midst. Peter is strong. He's courageous. He's bold. He's frank. He's impulsive. He's vigorous. He's energetic. But he's faithful. Despite all of that, he's still faithful. 
He has a peculiar temperament and inconsistency that makes it seem like he's not reliable. But it's not that he's not reliable as much as it is that he's that person that doesn't always think before he speaks. Because if you recall, Jesus rebuked him and told him, Satan, get thee behind me. And some people even called Peter phony. They thought he was phony because he was just, like I said, he was clear and tottering. You never knew who you were going to be dealing with that day. Sometimes you have to steal away so that God can build you up to deal with Peter again. Because remember, Peter is a person that some people say, oh, you have to either like him or tolerate. But see what Peter didn't know, but Jesus told him he needed to be converted. It wasn't that he wasn't saved because he had already believed in Jesus. He had already confessed Jesus. But he needed to be converted. He was just too talkative and didn't always think. But see, some people haven't asked God to help them to deal with their Peter. So they want to call prayer meetings to cast the devil out of Peter. But the problem is, is that doing this can hurt Peter. And Peter can't take nothing. He can put it out, but he can't take nothing. So Peter is learning how to be able to take stuff that he puts out. And the people around him are after learning how to allow him the time of being converted. Because we're all are very different. And so as Peter is learning how to be converted, as Jesus told him, because see, the enemy is coming to sift him. He wants him to go back to being rude and saying, I'm just being myself. Or my so-and-so or so-and-so told me to be myself. Well, that was before you were saved. Did you hear me? That was before you were saved. So you don't go back to being yourself now. What you go to is you want to emulate Jesus. So that means sometimes talkative Peter, you got to And it may be that even a lot of times you got to so that you don't start snapping off at people just because you're hot. You don't start snapping off at people just because you always told people to shut up when they got in your business. You always told people to uh, get out of your way. You always told people uh, when they're trying to tell you to uh, go to the left or go to the right, you, you've been telling them just don't talk to me right now. Even when you were young, you were disrespectful, and now you've gotten old and you're still disrespectful, but you're not looking like Christ because you still need to be converted. So I was hearing a testimony from someone about how a young person, a teenager, had said they didn't want to hear what they had to say and blah, 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 this and that. And I thought to myself, God will bring you people that act like you act, but you don't realize that's what he's doing. Or he'll bring you people that act you used to act so that you can be a testimony to them so that they can see that if you can change, they can change too. But at the same time, they may have parents and people around them that's promoting that attitude. But guess what? God wants us to be meek and humble. He wants us to have his wisdom, and he wants us to walk in it. 
He wants us to be loving and kind. How can you show agape love with that mouth that you're telling people to shut up or you don't want to hear them that or you don't want to talk about that or you don't want to do this and that? Or it took me being honest with the people to let them know, oh, no, I'm not going to let the enemy use me in this heat because I just said I don't want to go to hell because I know it's hotter than me. Well, then I can't start acting like I'm in hell because I'm so hot that you're not giving me directions fast enough or you're giving me directions too slow, and now I'm snapping off at you. And it's not because you've done any wrong, but it's because I've become irritated with the heat. So Peter is teaching us how to know ourselves and to become converted. Because if you'll look at how Peter dealt with Paul and how Peter dealt with others in the ministry once he got converted, he was truly, truly an apostle. He became transformed. He was one of the most powerful leaders and preachers of some of the disciples. I said one of because many of them were powerful like Paul, Apostle Paul. So remember that God is trying to transform you. So don't be yourself. Be like Christ. We are to be Christ-like. So now let's move away from Peter, and we're going to talk about Andrew. So Andrew, he was a disciple that was open-minded. He was an apostle that was nothing like Peter. A matter of fact, they walked together, and Andrew kind of was sent to help balance Peter. Although Peter didn't know it, Andrew was sent to show him how you could walk simply with determination and conviction and eagerness and still be polite, still be low-key, still be trustworthy, still be that person that would talk to Jesus privately that didn't say stuff, you know, just to be saying it. He thought before he spoke. But see, Peter, although he was the well-known one, but he was well-known for the wrong things in the beginning. But in the end, Peter was known for his great ability to tolerate people and to be patient with people. Him and Peter, I mean, Peter and Paul didn't get along all the time. But guess what? You hear about Peter, Apostle Peter, and you hear about Apostle Paul. Do you hear about Andrew? Yes, you hear about Andrew. Because he was the biological brother of Simon Peter, and they were fishermen. And they were the ones that are originally a part of the discipleship of John the Baptist. But see, he was a lover of truth. And he was one of the first disciples to identify with Christ. But what was his weakness? You know, it's profound that many people don't talk about the weaknesses of Andrew. Isn't that amazing that he had weaknesses, but because he worked and allowed himself to simply be recorded as someone that wanted to walk with Jesus. 
that wanted to just simply be a man that was many times just quite simple. Like I said, it wasn't that he didn't have weaknesses, but people kind of forgot about his weaknesses. They kind of forgot about the things that Andrew was doing wrong. And thank God Peter wasn't being like some of the leaders and uh, people that we've been with. They got to blame everybody. Just imagine every time as Andrew was saying something to Peter because he was trying to show him how to be Christ-like, as he always was saying, well, Andrew said, or so-and-so said, it's like, no, that wasn't Andrew's M.O., but neither was it Peter's because Peter knew that he was being converted, and he knew that the object of his conversion was Jesus. Let's get to the next one. Apostle James, he was the son of Zebediah, and he was also one of the brothers of John. As a matter of fact, he was the older brother of John. He was one of the three apostles that Jesus took with him to the transfiguration and the agony that he went through in the Garden of Gethsemane. Isn't that amazing that Jesus had three people that he could trust to go with him? See, they were once called um, the Sons of Thunder. Him and his brothers, talking about James. You know why? Because they were hot-headed. They were rash. But yet, the hot-headed sons of thunder, Jesus brought them, one of them along with him, to a place of agony where he prayed until his blood and his sweat appeared to be the same. But James is called one of the greater. He's called James the greater. Mm. Can you imagine being a disciple that they call James the greater? Why? Why did they call him that? Because he was extremely loyal. Extremely loyal to Christ. And willing to do whatever it took to get him to the cross. James the Great, that had a manner of resolving issues that many did not understand that call that he had on his life for resolution. Many times people don't understand it, so they fight against your gift of resolution. They don't even want to hear it. They want to go through whatever they got to go through instead of listening to your gift. Because although it's a weakness because you want to help people solve their issues, many people want to go through their issues. So when we hear the Bible verse that says the violent take it by force, some people want to Take the hard road. But see, the greater, the great James, he's saying, why? 
I have the resolution for you. Why? Some people, they want to stay in the issue because they don't understand James's gift of resolution. Oh, he or she think they know everything. No, it's not that they know everything. It's that they pray about everything. And even before they've opened their mouths, they've asked, God, what would you have me to say? And so when the sons of thunder enter the room, the greater James, the red the resolutionary person, the one that has the answer that God has given him, understands if you don't want me to help you, I won't. If you want to go through the storm, go right ahead. But at least I offered. Okay, now let's get to Apostle John. He's James's brother. He's the kind of man who could profit from a rebuke from Jesus every now and then. He's someone that has a passion disposition, but sometimes it has to be checked and put under control. He's one that's allowed to vent, but only on occasion. Because sometimes what he's saying is not necessary. My, 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 can you handle a rebuke from Jesus or someone? Because what you're saying is you under the fiery zeal and of yourself, but it's not necessary. Because, see, you have to have the ability to quench your zeal. Did you hear me? To quench your zeal. And so as you learn how to quench your zeal, because what you're saying is not necessarily um, required at that time, and it's not even the season and the time for it, and it may be that you've gone back to an old way and everybody's wondering, why are you still there? Why are you still in that old tendency that you had prior to the transfiguration that Jesus and so many others have already experienced. But I want to say to you, John, once you are truly transfigured, you're going to be known as the disciple that was able to handle his zeal. Because although you have a zeal, the zeal that you must carry and keep is the unquenchable zeal to work in the vineyards of Christ. Ma, 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 ma. Come on with his unquenchable zeal to be Christ-like. And then we have Philip, the Apostle Philip. He received 
his call from Jesus Christ as well. You know, Philip, the person that they said that oozed with the independence of man who thinks for himself. Uh-huh, that was Philip. But see, Philip had a weakness and a deficiency, as people would say, that people took him as not just quiet, but that his shortcoming was how he was wise. He was taught of Jesus, and he was still yet wise. He was introduced to Jesus, but he was still yet wise. But why was this a deficiency? Because many don't understand how even the wise may not know everything about God. The intellectual may not know everything about God. But they're willing to take their wisdom and their intellect and humble it before God and say, God, I've learned from the Greeks. I've learned from the doctors. I've stood on the shoulders of grace, but I've never stood under your tutelage. I take all of my intellect and I bow it down to you, the learned me. And then we have the apostle, apostle Bartholomew. They also called apostle um, Bartholomew. They called him Nathaniel as well. So whether you hear him called Apostle Bartholomew or you hear him called Nathaniel, it's still the same person. So some of us have different names people call us by. And some of us, like him, were, you know, not the people that grew up learning about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so behind the scenes, Nathaniel wanted to learn of God and Jesus Christ. And it was personal to him. See, it's difficult for some people to identify with God as the man, and yet God as God, and yet God as the God of life. But see, little did people know that because he was known by so many names, they oftentimes said that he was a person of disbelief. But in actuality, he was just in the background learning and expressing his love for Jesus and for God. Now let's move on to the Apostle Matthew. He was, you know, one of the great men, just like Peter and some of the others that wrote the books and the Bible. He was a Levi. 
Matthew wrote the first gospel. He wrote the second and the third gospel. Who viewed tax collectors as evil, wicked men. But see, God can even use someone that's considered an extortionist or someone that practices fraud or someone that's covetous or someone that's about uh, getting the taxes that's due to mankind. See, Matthew was frowned upon by the congregation and even some of his fellow disciples because he was a tax collector. But see, they were looking at the outward man and what his reputation was for what he was called to do. But see, Matthew was a resolute type of person. He's going to get resolution. He's going to get it done, which means if you owe taxes, you were going to pay those taxes. But see, he had a willingness to drop all of that type of resolution for mankind and become someone that brought that same resolution over to Jesus Christ. That's how he was able to write the first three books in the New Testament. But see, no one actually mentions any of the weaknesses that Matthew had. But some, all they talk about is he was a greedy tax collector. And they don't remember that he wrote the first three books in the New Testament. But you know that doesn't matter because even Jesus was not received by his very own. So he was in good company. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to say it just like me. Sometimes you're not received and honored and respected by your own because they're just too familiar with you. And sometimes God has to send you to the world just because the people remember you as timid. They remember you as whatever. But God will remove you over and over and over again until either the people learn their lesson or he teaches you not to care and to still go where he tells you to go, when he tells you to go, whether they can go or not. But one thing you need to know is that God calls who he calls, and he uses who he uses. And some people just try to go back to who they're called to before they've been converted. Let's allow God to convert you. It took a while before I could come home because God needed to convert me to have me ready for my family, for my friends, for my associates. There's places and people I had to experience, my, 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 to make it where I had thick skin, to make it where I wouldn't be trying to cast the devil out of my Peters. Instead, I would wait for him to be or her to be converted because otherwise I would have been with that same group of people that was trying to cast the devil out of Peter in the past only because they didn't understand the call on his life and the boldness in his life that was needed for such a time as this. Because, see, not everybody was doubting Thomas. Because, see, that was his um, weakness. Doubting Thomas was more like um, the people from Missouri, you got to show them. 
he was that person that would have to stick his fingers in the wound. He was that person that if you didn't show it to him, he didn't believe it. He was a pessimist. He has a pessimistic tendencies. Yes. And Jesus used a pessimist. Did you hear me? Jesus used a pessimist. My, 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 my. Because see, even the pessimist that lacked the understanding of this or that, God can use them because now when they meet another pessimist, another doubter, he can tell them the same thing he told Peter, that I've prayed for you. And see, we've got to learn how to pray for our pessimists. We've got to learn how to pray for our doubters. We've got to learn how to pray for our talkative people that talk before they're supposed to because they didn't ask God nothing. We've got to learn how to pray for the people that get discouraged because everybody um, thinks they know it all or everybody thinks um, they won't listen just because they want to solve you. They want to help you. But that's the gift that God is using. And until we learn how to appreciate the gift, everybody that's in our inner circle, we won't know the three that's supposed to go with us when we're in our agony so that they can pray us through. See, we all are going to have a type of Garden of Gethsemane moment, but who are the three that God's going to send with you? Ma, ah, kerarama, do you have the strength to be with me? Do you have the prayer life and the words of wisdom and the ability to shh while you're with me? Mm, my, 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 my. Let me keep going. Because not everybody is Judas that's going to betray me. Not everybody has an attitude of wanting everything to be about them because they think they know more than Jesus. They think they know more than their colleagues. They're the very ones that will kiss you to betray you, but they love you. But they're going to send you to the cross because of their desire for treasury that they're going to try to give back. But guess what? Although Judas is knowledgeable and he's intelligent, his weakness is his greed or his need for gain or his need for what he says, how you're going to be the king, how you're going to sit up on the throne and be the king of this temporal world when God has assigned you to be the king of kings and the Lord of lords. You, your love of money is what's going to cause you to fall. Because you don't know the glory that shall be revealed in and through Christ. You've allowed Satan to sift you. You've allowed Satan to betray you and to make you wicked and to stay selfish and to make you stay self-serving. To make you do all of this and that for the perfume. To make you do all this or that for the 30 pieces of silver. My God. Even James, the disciple, although little is known about him, we know 
that he was. Jesus, little brother. Are you going to be known for being the brother of James the Great? Are you going to be known for being the brother of Jude? Are you going to be known this James for being identified as the little James? Because when we had James the Great, are you going to be known for the one that was left, the brother of Joseph, the son of Mary? What are you going to be known as? What is your curriculum? Detail, what is it going to say about you? Why would you want to be called James the Less or the James of Small Stature? But yes, you're still a faithful apostle. You're relevant. You're relevant because you are part of the ministry of God's Word. You were possibly the first to see Jesus after the resurrection. You are widely known as the faithful apostle. Or will they still be talking about your small stature? And then we have the apostle Simon, who is a zealot. And he's from, he's a Canaanite. He was an ex-member of the Jewish sect, the zealot, the zealot, passionate. So passionate until he hated when foreigners tried to interfere with what was going on. He was strong-willed. But see, Jesus could use that too. And although he wasn't known as a leader, he was known as being a tremendous, strong follower of Jesus Christ. A strong follower of Jesus Christ. But yet a person that was also known for his ability to bring resolution to things and beings. So what was his weakness? His weakness was that he was not known for his leadership qualities, but he was known for his fellowship. Is that a weakness? It depends. Did God need him to be a leader? Or did he need him to be an example of how to be a great follower? And then the last of the apostles, that is, Did you know that he was also called Judas? He wasn't the Judas that betrayed Jesus, but that was his name. Can you imagine people calling you Judas? You want to know that they know that you're not the one that betrayed Jesus. You are Judas, the son of James. You are the enthusiastic one. You are the one that Jesus could count on but you are not the one that betrayed him. 
although you are one of the ones that are known for going into hiding once Jesus was crucified, still known for being a follower of Jesus Christ, even though some remind you every day about how you flew under the radar and stayed out of the limelight when Jesus went to the cross. So pay attention to the disciples of Jesus Christ and the things that they were known for for their strengths and their weaknesses and know that none of them were perfect. They all had imperfections. But Jesus can use us in our imperfections once we are converted. Minister Sylvia, I turn the program over to you. I thank God for the lesson of today, and I thank God for the ability for us to pray that we are allowing God to develop the authorship in us, regardless of what our status is, whether our status changes from our status to the status that God has us to be. God wants us to be. God is teaching us to be. God help us with our apostleship that's being developed in us. In Jesus' name, I thank God for the program. The lines are open for anyone that would like to make a comment at this time or tell us how the lesson on today blessed you. The lines are open. Please speak at this time. Okay, well, we thank you all for listening in. If you're on your way to church or from church, work or on a lunch break or whatever it is you're doing, housework and just sitting around listening, we ask that you allow God to work in you, his miracle changing, his wonder, his marvelous work, that you allow him to work it out in you. I thank you all for being a part of Smile 3, uh, Shopping High Ministries, Blog Talk Radio, with our program is called Let's Talk. Our foundational scripture is Matthew 6 and 33. For seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. If you come back next Sunday morning at 9.30 a.m. Central Standard Time, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, you will hear from our very own Apostle-elect, Dr. Cecilia Kaiser, again, with her getting life-changing words from God's heart to us, to edify us, to teach us, and to show us how to hold on and just get a hold to the change that God is saying. Because like she said, if nothing else shows you this summer or the weather that we're still living in, to show you now, you don't want to go to hell. Hell is not a place for God's chosen people, not unless they choose to go there. But you don't want to go to hell. Mm-hmm. There's no lemonade, water, drink there in hell, but screaming, hollering, suffering people, and you don't want to be a part of that. So go, grab a hold to the words from the woman of God. If you come back tomorrow night, which is Monday at 
8 p.m. Central Standard Time, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you will be able to hear Pastor Servant Troy Thomas on this Monday. It's the second Monday of the month. The pastor will be giving us a word from the Lord to edify us, to deliver us, and to inform us of God's unchanging word. So please tune in tomorrow. If you come back on Friday at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can hear me, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, bring forth God's word that he has put in my heart for us to talk about if God did it for me, he can do it for you. God has no respect to person. If you come to him with your hands up, mouth open and heart changing and want to be changed, God will be there for you. We thank you for listening to Smile 3E Iron Sharpening Iron on the days that we are giving out the word of God, his instructions. If you also come back on Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central Standard Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can join in with me, Minister Sylvia Kaiser, just talking about the goodness of the Lord on Wisdom Wednesdays because I I want to be saved and I know there's others that want to be saved and we're getting to God with our hands up, our mouth open, and our hearts open. Please tune in. Please pay attention to my Facebook page for all the postings, for the ministries, and what God is doing in our lives and what God can do in your life if you surrender. I thank God for his unchanging word. I'm going to give it back to the woman of God because we are asking you to keep the ministry in your prayer. Every minister that's associated with Smile 3E, I'm Sharpening Iron, keep us in prayer. Apostle is back in your hands. Father God, we glorify you and we magnify you. We thank you for your many blessings and your favor. We thank you for every door that you've opened and every door that you've shut. We thank you for the windows of heaven are opened over our lives. And you're pouring us out blessings, not only that we can't fully receive it because we're in the overflow right now, God, but that you're giving us so much that we have to give to others. Ah, God, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you, we thank you for the blessing of being able to thank you. We thank you for the overflow. We thank you for the traveling mercy. We thank you for the mercy after mercy and the glory after glory and the grace after grace and the favor after favor and the Shekinah glory after Shekinah glory. We thank you for the protection after protection, the trust after trust, the healing after healing, the wholeness after wholeness. But most of all, God, we thank you for teaching us the importance of resembling you through being Christ-like. What a gift. What a gift. 
we don't understand the gift of looking like you. Not ourselves, but looking like Christ. Begin it in me, Lord. Begin it in me. Show me me so that I may decrease, so that you may increase. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. So until tomorrow, when it's iron shopping iron with Minister Sylvia and Pastor Troy, bye-bye.